this program to bring you a special report. Welcome to South of the Eight. If you're new here, thanks for joining us. We are a local Spanglish podcast dedicated to the best part of San Diego. We discuss our local communities, local businesses, and everything going on in our backyard. Due to the recent events, our main priority is to inform our communities and hopefully start those conversations that everybody seems to dread. Consider this podcast an alternative to all the gloomy news you're hearing from mainstream media. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything, but at least you're hearing the perspective from those in our community. And I believe that's important because change starts from our backyard. But enough of that. Let's get to what you guys are actually here for, the interview. I was lucky enough to interview Liliana, and I must say, this is one of the more fun conversations I've had doing this podcast. But I'll let the episode talk for itself. So with that, here's Liliana. And again, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this. And stay safe out there, guys. Liliana, thanks so much for doing this. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself for me? Yeah, for sure. My name is Liliana Ruiz. I am from San Diego, Chula Vista. Not born and raised, but I lived there for a majority of my life. I lived right near Chula Vista High School. Um, I moved to L.A. for college, um, double majored in film, media, social justice, along with journalism and new media. And it's super exciting to see my brother like you out here making (laughs) podcasts for the people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah honestly um i feel yeah, like it's just that's a little bit about me. yeah i was gonna say there's a void for like um for local mm-hmm. stories i know i actually just had an interview with mario cortez mm-hmm. he's a local writer for la prensa and he tells local stories but i just feel like we have to amplify those stories you know there's so much there's so much to tell there's so much to talk about and i, mm-hmm. I wish there was there was more yes. more like this you know so with that i'm gonna go ahead and just get started uh, i believe you have a super specific perspective right so it's afro latina women creator yes. activist film study college <laughs> yes. so yeah so with that can you tell me a little bit about everything that you do <laughs> yeah for sure okay so covid19 recently just graduated from college so it's been a little it's kind of hard to really put titles on the things that i'm doing officially unofficially because right. um you know not everything i'm being paid for in activism is a unfortunately not a paid job <laughs> but um so yes i identify afro latina my dad is mexican he was born and raised in Jalisco. moved over here when he was seven years old um i have five siblings so he kind of raised us on our own and he kind of always taught me to taught me but not like straight up telling me just by through his actions you know to just stand up for what's right and you just if something's not right you gotta do what's right So that's kind of always been the thing that I've carried throughout my life. When I went to school, of course, my dad's story, my own story, my family's story has been a big motivation, a big factor in pursuing the the field that I want, which is um, the media and entertainment industry. I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of girl. You know, I like uh, editing post-production, but I also like just having the, the power to be able to bring people's stories up to light, kind of like you are doing here with your podcast. It's really important. I'm a roller skater. Um, roller skating is an integral integral part of like the black community. And since I am Mexican and black, um, I find a great responsibility, a great deal of responsibility to make sure that black voices are heard within the um, roller skating community because it's a lot of, a lot of, crazy stuff happening i know roller skating is like a small community within a larger community but that's like my little world right there 
aside from that, talking yeah. about real life stuff, you know, <laughs> with Black Lives Matter, because I wanted to, I just want to throw some like lightness. Um, nope. We can, we can take this any direction you want. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, shoot. You said it. Uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, um, the movement that's happening right now, which, you know, it's been around for a very long time. People have been fighting against police brutality and injustices by uh, police force since the beginning of its existence in America. And it's not just towards black people, it's towards a lot of people. It's a, it's a abuse of power. But right now we're focused on the threatening of black lives. And what my involvement in that is, I've been going out to protest, um, posting on my story, I have a large, I have a semi large following on Instagram. And since I do, I try to keep people informed. That's my way of being an active person um, by showing up, doing what I can, not shaming others if they right. can't show up, but being, but allowing them to be a part of the experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, there's so much to digest there, but let's go ahead and start with the skating. So I believe that okay. one of the main reasons I started this podcast is because I believe that representation is so important, right? Growing up, we always yeah. want to look for someone that looks like us to know that we can do it. And even though there's a lot of motivation into starting something yourself and being the first one, a lot of us are usually shy because we're like, I just, I mean, why would I ever do that? Right. So with that, can you tell me a little bit about casting black skaters? Cause I'm, I know that's a, something. Yes. Casting black skaters. How could I forget to mention that? Casting black skaters is a a talent agency on the come up, um, you know, kind of working on the funding, but definitely, definitely on the come up. It is a initiative to promote representation of black skaters and also paid opportunities for black skaters in the skating community. Representation, man, the reason why I I even wanted to make that, I've been coming from San Diego to LA. LA is a lot more hot when it comes to industry. So Mm -hmm. you get to see a lot more things up close and personal. And I've been able to do different, I've had the privilege of having so many great, ooh, I just got goosebumps. I've had the privilege of having amazing opportunities of meeting amazing people, getting gigs like for modeling opportunities, commercial, uh, uh, different types of things, different types of things. And um, of course, I'm only 22 years old. There have been people, black people I'm talking right now, black skaters that have been doing this way longer than me and have been fighting longer and harder than me to be seen in the industry. And I see, I see like uh, literally a handful of them. Uh, one of them, Danielle Hawkins, she's one of my good friends. She worked at World on Wheels uh, when I was working there, which is a roller skating rink in LA, very popular, World on Wheels. But when I was working there, um, I really got to see the black community in LA at least and see the rink and see the love and just how much talent there is there. And it's just crazy because I don't see these people in real life. Like when I see movies or when I see things online, especially right now, there's a, a, a quote unquote resurgence of roller skating revival of roller skating. But um, these people, they're like 70 years old. <laughs> they're like <laughs> nearly like they're, they're looking real old. No, no shade y'all. No shade. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed. Like they're out here spinning, <laughs> dancing, grooving, just like crazy generations of black skaters um really keeping the community alive and i just feel like i felt like it would be a disservice for me to continue to try and pursue my own personal like achievements 
in roller skating without also giving them their credit and also allowing space for people after me to be able to come up and not have it as difficult as the people who came before me and the people that are going through it like me right now. So um, that's why I made it. And I think it's really cool because basically the format that it's in, that it is existing in right now consists of people's um, roller skaters being able to submit their applications to be seen where on the page and the page is accessible to directors from everywhere to cast so there's really no reason there's no reason for you to say like well I can't find a black skater there's they're here and there's actually so many I can't I can't post them all <laughs> like but I just that's the that's the thing there's so many and they're just not known about and I want to help change that I want to help people get paid for the talents and the hard work that they've been putting in for all of these years you know i think it's i think it's worth it no i i completely agree and i think that's amazing what you're doing but also because um isn't skating a major thing in black culture from my yeah. understanding it's like a super representative of not just culture but like if anything it should be black skaters being casted for major roles right i mean just about representation yeah. and doing doing things authentically mm-hmm. i mean like this is a movement that you're seeing lately with um voice actors and in Hollywood in general, there's trying to see that black, black characters should go to black uh, mm-hmm. actors or, yeah. or whether they're Brown or wh- whatever it may be. And I feel like that's a, a move in the right direction. And a lot of people will say it was like, Oh, well it's, it's just symbolism, but it's like, yeah, but you're also, you're giving work to people that deserve, not just deserve it, but fit the character the way it should be. So I think it's great that you're, yeah, you started that and that, that it wasn't, be- it's crazy to think that it wasn't there before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know. I know. That's, that's a very good point. It wasn't there before, but I think that's a, uh, I want to just touch on that authenticity that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's a page made by a black skater for Mm -hmm. black skaters. And it was never there before. And that's how easy it is. Um, Just motivation to people of color. Like you can pave your own path. Yeah. You can pave your own path. If the doors ain't opening for you, you open, you create your own door and you open that thing. You know what I mean? But yes, I absolutely agree. There's a lot of shift and it's time. It's time to get rid of these stable trends, stable narratives that we see in storytelling. We need new stories. We need stories that reflect the people, you know? It's boring, honestly. It's boring. (laughs) Right now it's boring. We need more. Yeah, but especially because like there's so much. um, I mean, I talk a little bit about this uh, in my um, education episode, but there's there's this idea about even college where people will say like, well, you have to get the letter in the mail. You have to go for four years. You have to live there. You have to graduate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, there's so many angles to life. Like you shouldn't people shouldn't be disappointed because they don't fit a certain narrative in life. You know what I mean? So I feel like whether it be skating or uh, entertainment or whatever it may be. It's okay to be like, hey, it doesn't look like anyone else's, but this is mine. You know, this is what yes. I want to do. So with that, uh, we'll go into a little bit of more heavier things. Um, okay. So you mentioned uh, you're, you're being part of activism and you're not trying to shame, per se, the people that aren't going out there. I mean, we are in the middle of a pandemic, completely understood. But there is a lot of this um, performative activism that I'm seeing a lot in and social media and i see performative because it's a word that's being brought up a lot where people say it's like well what are you doing besides sharing a bunch of stuff right can you tell me a little bit of the dangers that may happen from performative or do you even think there's a danger in it yes i do i think definitely there's a danger in performative allyship um or activism 
um, I think that by just posting things like that's your only action or um, I think that it really just kind of silences it at the same time. Like, unfortunately, I can't help but notice like people and I, I've, it's really disappointing that I can't help but notice like people posting their photos June, their last photo from a protest was June 6th. And then everything after that is like their food and um, their beach picture. Cause you know, summer season, yeah. sun's out, buns out. And um, I think that that's very dangerous because it's, if one person does it, it's like, it's kind of like following. I see it like mm-hmm. people are following the trends. If it's not authentic, then, then don't just don't do it at all. You know? I think people need to really take the time to stop and reflect deeply, like seriously think about themselves inside. Um, I think that that's what's lacking right now is people really being true to themselves mm-hmm. and what they are feeling, not like seeing what other people are doing and like, oh, let me, I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm not, or I don't think I am. So I'm going to do this as well. Right. Instead of actually looking into it and seeing why they, why they kind of feel that little defensive within defensiveness within their own mind. Um, uh, so yeah, that's what I would have to say about that. I think that it is very dangerous. Yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, any form of activism, uh, there's so many angles to go for, through, right? I mean, you're talking about donations, yeah. protesting, um, uh, petitions, whatever information, mm-hmm. having discussions with your family, with your friends, whatever it may be. I feel like yeah. there's a lot of angles that you can take yeah, this from. And just because oh, you're yeah. not sharing anything doesn't mean you're not doing anything, which is a big Period. proponent of, yeah, I feel like that's a big, yeah. pro- there's something I push for because I feel like I happen to share a lot of stuff, but I understand that I have family and friends that don't share as much, but I know that they're having those hard discussions. That said, yeah. uh, that said, um, I feel like a lot of people are still trying to do more, right? They're in this like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying people, specifically people not of color or, or uh, uh, African-American people that are saying, well, yeah. how can I help? Um, and that's something that keeps being brought up because people will say something, post something, and then get chewed out on Twitter, right? There's a lot of infighting. Yeah. In, and I experienced this a little bit because I, I happen to have a, a poster well, that I was handed a, one of the protests that said uh, Latinx for BLM. And unfortunately, yeah. I, I know that there is, uh, like in your case, there is black in Latinx culture. I didn't realize that was problematic. Right. I didn't realize that it was an issue. But I learned from it. I grew. Mm-hmm. But someone with thinner skin, you know, would have just been like, well, fuck it. Why am I even doing this? So yeah. what would you say is a good starter for like a quick tutorial on how to mm-hmm. ally? would you say um i think that when it's when you're an ally you should definitely be listening um and listening not to defend yourself but listening to understand i think that's what a good ally is and in regards to the poster um like just as an example i think that that is a great example of allyship right there you 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 came with good intentions but maybe it wasn't received the way that Mm -hmm. um because there are black people in within the Latinx community right. historically yeah. and presently, but um, being able to listen to understand and move forward and educate from your own experience is that's allyship right there. Allyship um, is being able to, to just let your ego go down for a second, be vulnerable. And I think all of us can definitely practice that um, not just for these topics, but for a lot of different topics too. Just letting your ego go 
down just for a second, just to listen to understand really does make a difference. So I would say that. That's great. I, I completely agree. I feel like a lot of people get defensive even when they're trying to help because mm-hmm. they think, yeah. well, shit, am I the enemy now? It's like, well, it's a little more complicated than that. I feel like all of us have a lot to learn, right? I feel like yeah. uh, there's a lot of room to grow, but we have to allow it to happen to be able to be part of the progression or be part of the progress. Um, but mm-hmm. with that, uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like this might be a quick left turn, but tell me about your Uh-oh. perspective <laughs> as like an Afro-Latina, just because I know that Latinx culture can be racist itself. And I'm not here to have you tell me all these crazy stories, but it just just right. your perspective from uh, from a culture that sometimes uh, can be really rude, to say the least, really, really harsh. Uh, especially because right. in things in times like these, I'm hearing this rhetoric of like, well, that's not our fight, right? Like, worry about your own people, mm-hmm. like worry about your own fight. And it's like, well, there's more to it than that. Just because the movement is yeah. called Black Lives Matter, this is for everybody. I mean, right? When we're talking about uh, defunding or abolishing mm-hmm. police, we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about sheriffs, PD, but also ICE. I mean, we're talking about a lot ICE, of things. yes. So a lot. from that, can you tell me a little bit about your perspective? Because you're kind of on both sides. I mean, you grew up with, obviously, yeah. uh, Hispanic culture. Um, but, I mean, you identify as Afro-Latina. So tell me a little bit about that. I think that uh, for me, it's, I've actually been facing this a lot, too. Of course, my own family. So, and friends, because a lot of my friends are Hispanic. And I think that one of the main trends I see is uncomfortableness on both sides. I'm uncomfortable too. Right. I'm very uncomfortable. And, and not uncomfortable with, uh, like, I think they're the enemy, but more uncomfortable of like, okay, here it is. We're going to finally talk about it. It's time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is it. These conversations need to happen now. Um, yeah. But I think that it's very divisive to, to say that, um, you know, I remember I saw that TikTok video of like uh, something about like no one did anything when when uh, this Mexican man was in danger. But you guys want us to say Black Lives Matter. No one did anything when kids were in cages. You guys want to say Black Lives Matter. And I find that so like it's it's heartbreaking because both times I have been I've been just like I'm sure they have been too dis- disgusted by the actions of the people that are doing this to these people Mm. um black lives matter is for everybody when black lives matter everybody's lives matter truly Mm. truly honestly um liberation is only is is not it's not exclusive you know um the the step the statistics are now with black with black lives in particular in relations to black cops and um white supremacy in general in the united states are extremely higher and than um than other i guess you can say categories you know the u.s likes to put us in boxes but uh a lot of us intersect you know and and like me in fact but um i think that in order to be able to move forward we do need to just stop that narrative of just because i'm saying black lives matter doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter uh, or that other lives do not matter because they do. And in fact, Black Lives Matter is going to help those lives matter even more. Yeah. In my opinion, that's how I see it. 
in, yeah. in the simplest terms. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it really does come down to semantics. I mean, the fact that people are having an argument about Black Lives Matter as a movement opposed to All Lives Matter and then opposed to like Blue Lives Matter. It's like you guys are getting yeah. down to semantics. Like this is this movement is about, I believe it's about so much more. I mean, the fact that, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Black population led the civil rights movement, but it didn't just affect uh, the black population. It affected any kind of immigrant, um, therefore, yeah. I mean, from there on, right? So I feel like we have right. to notice that if we have to leave the infighting because nothing's ever going to happen if we keep fighting ourselves, we have to fight, yeah. right? It's a David versus Goliath issue here. And yeah. unless we bound together, we're never going to be able to get anything done because this, yeah. um, let's call it the system, I guess. We'll always look down yeah. and say, well, they're fighting each other why would we have to pay attention exactly that's exactly it oh my gosh you hit the you hit the nail i absolutely agree we we, if we're getting distracted by fighting with each other we lose focus on the main goal it's like Mm -hmm. for me i played basketball when i was in high school you know when you have good chemistry on a team you guys are focused you guys are communicating with each other you guys are Mm -hmm. passing the ball you guys are getting things done but if one of you guys isn't on the same page or if you guys are getting mad and you don't want to give your all then y'all ain't gonna win it's the same thing you guys we have to have better chemistry with each other within our our communities and come together like you said we need to come together in order to fight the the big picture the big problem there's a bigger problem yeah and a lot of it comes down with also like um uh, we're seeing a lot of this like a symbolistic like progression right we're seeing things uh black lives matter being painted in front of trump i I believe that's happening now or or painted in front of the white house or trump tower sorry and then painted in front of the white house and you know movies being taken out of hbo things like that but i believe that uh, we may be even though that is important we may be skewing too much into symbolism and not and letting it go because much like everything else in our life once it's not trendy anymore people forget about it and i'm afraid that And that's why I'm a little bit upset that our our feed has gone back to normal. You know, I mean, not my Twitter yeah. feed per se, because I see like a lot of movement there. But a lot of my Instagram yeah. feed, which is usually people we grew up with, people we know. The fact that it's going back yeah. to normal is a little scary because you think, dude, this isn't over. It wasn't yeah. just for clout. Like this wasn't just something cool that it we wasn't. did. You know, it was supposed to be for reform. We're aiming for reform. We're aiming for legislation change or you know, we're, I mean, November's coming up and council members are up for vote. And the fact that they ignored our, our petition to, to uh, defund the police here in San Diego is such a big impact. So I feel like what would you say is the best way to sort of get the ball rolling again? Because I feel like we are losing momentum. Yeah, I think the way to get the ball rolling again, man, that's a big question right there. Well, I want to say that going to these protests and hearing speeches and, you know, being with everybody amongst everyone and seeing the amount of people I think the one thing that maybe might be helpful is to make sure that you don't forget about the people who are still in that movement they have not it wasn't a moment for them it's not a moment for me it's not a moment for you hold on to those people do not let the doubters or the doubts or seeing these overwhelm you or distract not distract you but um uh pull you back Okay, don't let it don't let it pull your hopes back. Don't let it pull your dreams because the manifestation is real. When you see the when you see the people that are fighting, you know that they're putting in the work. You know what I mean? You know that people are still caring and they're still um, signing petitions. They're still doing the form of activism that they choose to participate in, and they they're not 
they're not done fighting and we're here. So hold on to that. That's the first thing I want to say. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, I think that continuing to do the work that you do, um, you and people listening, whatever your thing is, whatever your passion or outlet or uh, career field is, or even if you're, you're, you know, you like to just talk with your family and stuff, if that's your thing, whatever you are good at, you capitalize on that and try and work the movement into that because that's your ex area of expertise and you can touch people and those people touch other people and those people touch other people so just make sure you stay with that positive mindset to keep going forward not looking back and um also just take care of yourself too i think that's a really important thing that a lot of people may not they take it for granted you know self-care is actually really important especially during these times and when thinking about helping others you can't help others um continue to be for the movement if you can't take care of yourself so that's a that's an important factor but honestly it's it's really hard to say i can't i i truthfully don't have an answer on how to keep the mo the momentum like get it back and going like super again i i would hate to say that maybe there would need to be another death but there has been a, there have been other deaths so yeah there yeah there's like, definitely i mean this doesn't stop it's not like we fixed it by protesting that's not yeah. to say that protesting doesn't work because there has been some movement and try to yeah. uh, some form of reform but i mean this yeah. is a continuous fight that's what people have to know that this isn't a new fight and mm -hmm. it's not nearly over we're just carrying right. on we're just carrying on the torch and saying hey this is still wrong and we still want something being done about it and i again i feel like people do care right i mean there is um yes. the thought of yeah i feel like pe people do care the thought of um police brutality is known i mean it's not like people are, or most people are saying no that doesn't exist but it's just um approaching it that may be scary for a lot of people because they say well what can i do yeah. like I'm, I'm not in the police i'm not this i'm not that what would i even but that's when um information comes in i feel like informing yourself informing those around you and like you said taking care yeah. of yourself there is so much going on in the news yes. this year this month you know this and yeah. today? i feel like yeah today jeez so with that, I feel like people have to be able to step back, you know, put their phone down for a bit, get off of Twitter yeah. and just sort of take a breath, take care of yourself yeah. and then be able to move forward because, yeah, you're right. You're not going to be able to help anyone if you can't help yourself. So with that said, okay. um, can you elaborate a little bit more about um, representation and casting black skaters in general? Yes. So casting black skaters is, um, like I said, it's, it's, for it's here for when the trend is over and its initiative is to cast black skaters connect more talented black skaters to paid opportunities in the entertainment and media industry um you know times are calling for change and mm. the we definitely see like you mentioned before the change that is happening in many areas like we have hbo taking off some movies or um, things being taken down people possibly being fired you know there's little things like that that may distract from the actual um not distract but it may not be what the primary focus of the movement is but it is important and it's actually kind of like okay cool next let's keep it coming keep it coming you know so this is kind of like one of those things where it's like i don't want this to just be like okay we took it down and there it is this is one of those things where it's like we're starting something and it's going to stay and it's going to remain and it's going to help uplift um, the black community and, uh, and 
provide equality, to be honest, especially in the entertainment and industry. The entertainment and media industry has such a big impact on people, man. Yeah. It's, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people lack media literacy. And it's, it's understandable because when we had the internet and we had all these social medias, nobody gave us a guide on how to use them. Yeah. We, we, we created our own path us the people we that's the culture of instagram the culture of twitter the culture of all these social media platforms are very different and so they um you know it's kind of like a crazy crazy house to be honest like you can really do anything you want on there see anything find anything and so to be able to have casting black skaters is a way to like reown uh our storytelling and the stories that are being told through diversity. And that doesn't mean just having that one person, that one uh, brown person, that one black person, that one Asian person, like that means having the people behind the screens and behind the camera too. So Casting Black Skaters is kind of unique in the way where it's showing skaters and it's offering the opportunity to cast skaters Mm -hmm. and also providing opportunity for people in the media industry to work behind the camera as well oh, okay if that makes sense so it's like a whole production thing which yeah. is i think is is cool in the ways that it allows for more and more connections and i i'm starting this off you know casting black skaters but i i truly believe that we need more representation of of all races in the skating community because yeah. there are a lot of different types of um ethnicities that i don't see reflected and i know that this may seem like less than the bigger issues right now, but it is actually important as well because what we see on TV impacts us. People in the media and entertainment industry literally um, exclude information or make story plots in their shows so that it makes us think about certain things in our society a certain way. And they do that with police, the police department. If you pay attention to the things that you watch, you can see these little trends. And if you pay attention to who created them, you can see who they're connected to, who they who they sponsor. Like it's all connected together, and that's why when people repost these things on on the on the um, internet about you know being aware, being educated, really look into that. Um, really read what you're posting. <laughs> Basically, is what I'm saying. Read what yeah. you're posting because it's all connected. Media is connected to police. I mean, shoot, there's just too many. There's too many examples, especially celebrities. If you want to think about movies and stuff, there's a lot of things that are hidden or paid off or connected to um, the owners that produce these things who have the money to afford what everyone is going to see. Mainstream media is owned by a certain a group of people that they they have the power to tell the stories that reflect supposedly, you know, real life. And and I think that casting by skaters can help redefine some of those stories. Uh, I mean, we hate to admit it, but everybody has an agenda, right? Whether it be is yeah. to sell a product or whether, I know it mine. To, yeah, whether it's to sell a product <laughs> or reach a certain type of demographic or even sometimes stereotype a certain type of people, whatever it may be, yeah. there's always an agenda. And it, it, you see it a lot when you look back at some of your favorite movies and you see them again mm-hmm. and you're like, oh God, that doesn't live up yes. to, to our modern yes. times. It's like, I can't believe oh we got God, away yeah. with doing that. And it's heartbreaking. Right. But it's good to do because uh, we notice that, you know, a lot of times we over glorify or we romanticize media way too much. I mean, we see it everywhere. Yeah. 
So if you can't beat mm-hmm. it, join it, I guess. So what, I, what I'm saying right. by that is like, well, then I guess it's, it's time to start telling our black and brown stories. It's time to start seeing authenticity and seeing uh, more than just representation, but uh, accuracy sometimes, you know? I mean, I hate mm-hmm. the fact that there's this um, ongoing joke or meme of this actor. He always plays Hector. It's this Mexican actor. Uh, he's bald, mm-hmm. has a goatee. Dude always plays some kind of cholo or some kind of uh, stereotype. You know, and okay. it's like, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's getting money off of it, but it's like, you're so much more. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Was yeah. he from Furious 7? Yeah, yeah, he's in like everything. <laughs> he's in yes, like, I uh, know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. He's that token. He's the token. He's the token. And a lot of times people think like, well, look, we have a Mexican, like we're not racist. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's so much more to it than that. And this isn't saying on anything on that actor, you know, he's getting his bread. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm saying, what I'm saying yes. is that there shouldn't be, we shouldn't have just that. There should be so much, there mm-hmm. should be space for so much more than that. And I mean, we yes. want to hear these black and brown stories. I mean, you see uh, directors like Spike Lee and uh, Jordan yes. Peele. They're, David um, DuVernay. Yeah. They're, David they're, DuVernay. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many, right so now. many amazing stories that you think, and unfortunately you'll hear this on time and time again, you'd hear it with Moonlight and sometimes, and you heard it with like some of Spike Lee's movies as well that they would say like, mm-hmm. whoa, is that going to be for everybody? It's like, it's not meant to be for everybody, man. It's just, they're telling a black story. Let people tell black stories. You'll get your money. Right. Like if that's your main thing, you'll get your money. But not just that, right. like there's, we need stories like that be told. Otherwise people grow up thinking, you know, that their life has to be a certain way when it really isn't. You know? Yes, exactly. Like they, they're limited with their imagination. Exactly. Media really limits their imagination. You're right. I think that just because you you have to be excellent, excellent mm-hmm. to be that one person that does get seen that represents a certain community. You have to be excellent beyond and above. And you're right. That's not okay. That's not fair. I think that there there has to be more of people represented authentically and there is not enough and just one is not enough. And seeing these trends, seeing people getting booked for the same roles over and over again, that's, that's discouraging for that artist, you know, because that's their, that's their, that's their career. Being told that you can only play that stereotypical cholo. That's not cool. Like, I want to see depth. I want to see complexity. I want to see some, some, some like science sci-fi stuff. Like, can we get some superheroes? Can we get some weirdos? Like, I want to see that. Why do the white people get to be uh, all these characters that are super cool that when I was little, I got to relate to, but they never looked like me. I want them. I want, I want, I want to be able to see more um, variety of representation and not just the stereotypical roles or the small roles or the roles here and there, but we will celebrate those. We will celebrate those because, Hey, like you said, it's a job and that that's how you move up. They're they're grinding. He's grinding when he takes these roles. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and I feel so like a lot respect of times, to him. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel like a lot of times there's also a lot of I mean, for actors like him or any actor really of color or certain mm-hmm. ethnicity, I feel like there's a lot of pressure because it's like, well, now you're representing. And it's like it's I feel like it's unnecessary pressure because if we had enough mm-hmm. variation, yeah. there wouldn't be that pressure. You'd just be an actor. Oh you gosh, wouldn't be so an, right. a Mexican actor. You're not an Asian actor. Yeah, you're just you're an right. actor. And we saw this a lot with like crazy rich Asians, right? Where we saw mm-hmm. a lot of great actors and a lot of different ethnicities. And I mean, it was a- Asian cast, but it was like all sorts of Asian um uh, 
Asian actors and actresses. And I feel like that's yeah. important because you didn't see it as an Asian movie. You saw it as a movie that happened to yeah. be in Asia. And it was an amazing movie. So there's obviously, there's obviously a demographic for it and there's obviously an audience for it. So why are we so afraid yes. to push for things like that, why? right? Why? Why yeah. are we so afraid? Exactly. That's the question right there. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if your bottom line is money, it'll be there. People are going to buy it. It'll People be there. want to watch it, you know? They want to see yeah. it. It's just that... Unfortunately, I mean, I'm not trying to get into any conspiracy theory here, but like, I feel like there is a fear that like the white, um, the white Hollywood will lose power. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know what it is, but, but there is, there is a little bit of pushback because then, I mean, you'll see it with um, characters like uh, Scarlett Johansson. I know that she, she was going to take a Asian, Asian role or something like that. Oh yeah. I believe Mulan. Yeah. And she got a lot of uh, backlash, but it's like, yeah no shit like yeah yeah no yes you have so much to choose from and it's like well we live in this cancel culture and it's like it's not about cancel culture it's about accountability you have to be able accountability yeah you have Mm -hmm. to be able to sort of uh look at your audience like read the room man like it's really not that fucking hard just read the room but it's really good i agree it's that's that simple man it's that like i just think sometimes people raise their hand or sometimes stand the fuck up when they don't have to they could just sit down, like, stay put, you're good. Yeah. You're good. We got it, you know? But I agree that those kinds of things really, um, it just, it's just, it's laughable. But at the same time, it's very serious because some people do end up getting roles instead of over others and mm-hmm. it ends up going through. But you're right. I think Hollywood, white Hollywood is definitely scared of losing power. There's actually a hashtag, Hollywood for Black Lives. Because mm-hmm. a lot of our fa- favorite um, black uh, celebrity actors and actresses, mm-hmm. like Kendrick Sampson, has been coming to these Black Lives Matter protests and speaking on behalf of uh, Black Lives for Hollywood. He started, he is part of a, a movement that started this, I guess you could say, demands from black actors and actresses like Viola Davis, um, Gabrielle Union, different actors and actresses about policing on set, the treatment that they get yeah. on set all those types of things and i i think it's 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 true you know when you have these powerful black people in in hollywood coming out and speaking up against it um because they are being restricted in hollywood then i think that goes to show that they are scared because these actresses are very strong and powerful they're very they're elite you know when it comes to the black representation on tv and they're the ones that are there they're experiencing the same some of the same things that we my broke asses so it's like, uh, yeah, we definitely have an issue of power. And I think storytelling is the key, the key to liberation. Yeah. And we have power in our storytelling. So that's it right there. There is a fear, I feel like, especially with people that are in higher ranks or, you know, the part of the elite, because they think that yeah. they're outnumbered and they think that if they speak out, they'll have the same thing that happened to say Kaepernick right I mean you're you're talking about a sport that is predominantly black and um and even then he was he was not let go but he was blacklisted and then a year later two years later NFL sits there and says we're with the Black Lives Matter movement it's like yeah but what about Mm -hmm. Kaepernick man you fucked him over and now just because you know you're gonna lose viewers you're just like oh no we're we're cool now it's like the yeah. damage has been done. That's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. The damage has, the been, damage done. has been done. The yeah. damage has been done. And I think in order for the people who have been doing the perpetrating, 
they need to take accountability if they really do take accountability. I don't think the NFL ever did against Kaepernick. Yeah, exactly. But if they, if let's say they did, you have to be able to accept the consequences of the actions you did. If that means you're losing billions of dollars, well then if you're truly sorry and if you truly fucking mean it, then you'll accept that too, period. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. And I, I don't think that cancel culture is real because there's truly no way for people in those types of power to go out of power, to be honest. They have their money. Yeah. We can't, we, I, have, I have no more money than they do. And um, there's always going to be people supporting them. So. Yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, what, you, they'll be fine. they canceled your movie, but what, in two years, you'll make another one, make a couple million? Like, exactly. You're going to be fine. A couple million. A couple. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. So I think that's why it's important exactly. that we uh, stay on our tippy toes because you'll see these mm-hmm. things, right? Like, what was the name of it? I, I know I'm going to get it wrong, but if there's this like industry activism that we're seeing, but it's like, yep. why are you speaking now? Is it because you know you'll lose money or is it because you actually believe in the movement or, yep. right? So like, it's funny because like, yeah. if it wasn't for 2020, we wouldn't know what the NFL thinks about People Black really Lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, NASCAR cares? Why are we hearing about this? Why are we now taking away the Confederate flag? You know what I mean? I'm like, scared. Yeah. No, so this, it's, like, it's actually kind of frightening to me now more than ever because yeah. I don't know who to believe. I truly don't know who to it's, believe. It's scary. And a lot of people say, well, it's a step in the right direction. It's like, yeah, but there's uh, people are asking for more. And I feel like, yeah. again, we, I, yeah. I know that we're repeating this, but we can't be yeah. sidetracked by by these like symbolic things and even though they are important for the zeitgeist and for people growing up and making sure that they're not seeing all this negativity yeah the fight's not over yet like that's just a step in the right direction but we got to keep walking you know period i agree but um with that again liliana thank you so much for doing this it was a lot of fun yeah thank you um, um i had to i had to when you said south of the eight i was like hold up i know that and i was like you know i just want to thank you for bringing me after letting a woman on your show i really appreciate it and i think what you're doing what you're speaking about is super important i can't wait to share this with people um you're funny yo you're funny (laughs) your show is well produced and honestly i can't wait to see you grow and shine more that's awesome i can't you have no idea how much it means (laughs) But uh, uh, I love the smile. Hey, you guys are hearing this right now, but I'm telling you, his smile right now is just amazing. It's so genuine. Oh, right, well, he's so cute. Uh, okay. Where can we find you, Liliana? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. That is my main source right there. Okay. At Lily Skates a lot. L I L Y S K A T E S A L O T. Great. That's me. Twitter, right. Twitter too. Yeah. Yeah. For no, sure. it's uh, right. it's great. I'm I'm gonna keep following uh. Your feed is a lot of fun. Here, I will say your stories. Your stories are so entertaining. <laughs> really? Wait, recent stories or yeah, you go week? off, man. You go off. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I do, but for good reasons. You know what I mean? No, it's I, important. It's all part of the. Uh, it's all part of the. Um, it's all part of the fight. You know, you got to speak up, and I'll let. I'll let the listeners check it out. Uh, I'm yeah, sure check it out for yourself. tomorrow, so people will be able to listen to it or see it or whatever it may be, but. Uh, follow okay. Liliana if you don't already um, and again thank you so much for doing this uh, I'll see you around and hopefully we can do another one pretty soon okay muchas gracias thank you dude. All right. thank you, love take you. care alright thanks bye